Hi, I'm David. And I'm Doug. And we are Beyond Hungry. Doug, what are you going to talk about today? Uh, today we have a really great guest, Amara Sama from Palms Caribbean. He's the owner of this wonderful pop-up that blends uh, his Jamaican and Liberian roots that I've been seeing for a while, that I've ordered from uh, a number of times. And uh, we, we kind of get into it a little bit about how he balances uh, both having a, a restaurant pop-up or virtual restaurant, if you will, with you know having a family and also a full-time job. We also get into you know what Liberian and Jamaican food is, uh, just from a very, of course, like introductory surface level. Um, and then you know talk about how you know COVID nineteen has affected the way that we cook. A little bit about his business and how he kind of came into cooking. And it's a really great conversation that hits on a lot of uh, different notes. And you know we'd love to share that with you. Let's go. So, so what made you start like doing these pop-ups and, and to start Palms Caribbean? I know you had like a full-time job, so it's like, you know, just taking oh, that man. more and you have a family, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, well, this is a two-part question. I mean, you talk about what made me start Palms. I mean, I know, I think Doug, we talked a little bit when we first met, when I started like three years, well, I'm growing up cooking, you know, I'm actually was born in Liberia, but I've been in Des Moines for like, since I was four. So I grew up here on my dad's side, and then, you know, I grew up my then I had my aunties married, you know, so probably is a mixture of Jamaican and Liberian food in a sense, you know, and we initially started off as Roots Afro-Caribbean. I started off with my with a family friend, but with a business partner, that didn't really work out. So we kind of, I mean, went our own way, kind of breached it in a mutual way. So, but I've been had a passion for cooking. I was doing it at school. I've been doing it my whole life. So I didn't, I didn't want the train to stop there. So, you know, Kind of went back to the drawing board, try to come up with a name that kind of that's that stands out for me, you know. And I, I like palm trees, man. You know, like when I remember, I just when I was a kid, I just remember palm trees. It signified like hot heat, you know, mm-hmm. Caribbean. Yeah, somewhere that's, that's <laughs> heat, there's gonna be palm trees. So I want something that's you know simple to say for people too in the states, you know. Mm-hmm. So so it started with that. We you know we started Roots Afro Caribbean. We did a farmers market for like two years. Did I remember it. that. Yep. I remember seeing you. I, yeah. I, I probably, I want to say I remember seeing you, but there's so many people that came through there, man. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. It was a lot of people. I know, but I, I remember seeing the sign. I remember, I think I remember eating there a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably seen, we had that big old grill, man. You, we, like, we were the only one that had a smoke <laughs> coming in the city of Des Moines. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fire departments are walking around, make sure we're not burning the city up. <laughs> but no, Roots was good. Like, I mean, you know, in a partnership, if, it's, it's good, but like, you know, if, if people now on the same kind of thing, you know, it, it was the mm-hmm. best we, before we got into a deeper financial situation where, you know, the breakup would have been more, you know, bitter. I think it was mm-hmm. better, you know, and we, we still respect each other. I still mm-hmm. got love for him and stuff like that. But like I said, I've been doing this for, since Iowa State, like I wanted to be, a, I wanted to go into this, you know, be, have a restaurant, but, um, so we broke up. And I kind of just went to the drawing board, just kind of getting ready to do the farmer's market again, right? And I had this goal, guess what? COVID hit up. So once COVID hit, I'm like sitting out like, man, what should I do? But our kitchen manager at the Mickle Center, mm-hmm. Doug, that you come up through with um, Irv and them come through there too. She kind of just like planted this idea last year. She's like, you should do like a ghost restaurant. Like she said it to me last year, but I'm like, eh, farmer's market is keep me busy enough. I got a family and full-time job. I don't want to do 
pick up additional stuff. But I actually ended up working out this year because I kind of just like was sitting down, was kind of getting a little depressed, you know, like, yo, man, I got just came from a partnership. Like, it was the wrong timing, but like at the end of the day, we kind of took our shot and did our first pop up mm-hmm. back in like April. Mm-hmm. And then we just kept on going from there and just got better and better. I have a lot of questions. So how do you balance like the full-time job with a pop-up? You said like, you know, you, the farmer's market just kept you busy. I was on a weekend. It's kind of like a set schedule. So how Mm -hmm. do, how do you balance the pop-ups with like the fluidity with your, with your full-time and your family? I think what both, our thing is my passion, man. Like, you know, family, you know, my job and this, you know, I just timing, man. Like, uh, just got to have a time for everything. Just, you know, I'm a schedule guy and I put down stuff on a schedule. Obviously, like, I try to spend, like, if it were, on a week we're not doing pop-up, I try to commit most of my time to my family, you know. On a, like, the week I do have a pop-up, I try to make sure I stick to my time. If I'm coming into the kitchen mm-hmm. after work, I'm there, like, from, like, three to about eight, you know, three times a week. I make sure I'm in there. I get my stuff there. Like I said, too, I got to make sure if I, Monday, if I got to get inventory, I make sure I get it. Because if I put it in a back burner, I'm going to spend all day, all night Wednesday staying up, running around. So just scheduling, timing, and just making sure I'm on top of it, you know? And then I want to go back to what you said, like, you know, your, your food is a mixture. What what are those flavors do you incorporate into your into your, your cuisine? Liberian is like, it's, on, it's the westernmost part of Africa. Um, it's on the West Coast. Um, it actually is, if you look at history, it's like, it's a country that was... Um, the first set of slaves that in the United States, they came, they, they went back there, they settled there. So their flag is actually red, white, and blue with one star. And they try to mimic a lot of the stuff, like how the U.S. kind of culture is. I mean, like the U.S. stuff was. But um, their food is like a lot of like season, man, like flavor, like herbs and spices, you know, like everything is from scratch, slow, marinating. Like there's no such a thing as like, I mean, like rice, long, like a lot of rice, grain, fish, chicken, you know, and then Jamaican food, obviously a lot of people, most people more know more know more about Jamaican food because they go there for um, vacations and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, the jerk chicken, the uh, herbs and spices, like the variation. And Jamaican, the thing about the Jamaican culture too is unique because it's a mixture of like a little bit of African, West Indies, and just mm-hmm. like, it's like a whole, it's like a melting pot there, you know? <laughs> and they are really, it's known for like the jerk chicken and stuff like that. So, um, and oxtail and all that stuff. So I think to get a, to give uh, viewers the idea is just flavor and seasoning, man. I mean, like the flavor and seasoning is taking serious there, you know? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about the, the flavors and seasoning? Because, uh, you know, like, you know, growing up, I would see like my interaction with Jamaican food. Uh, I had no interaction with Liberian food, mm. <laughs> to be honest. But like, you know, I, every once in a while I go to a restaurant, I'd see something like Jamaican jerk mm. chicken or jerk something or they just try to throw it in there. And honestly, I like it. I never knew what it was. And 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 I had trouble like figuring out like whether that was like right or not. And, right. and oftentimes I suspect that it wasn't. I mean, do you do you come across that? Do you see like people labeling things as Jamaican jerk or jerk chicken? This yeah. and it's just like it's not there. It's not it's not it, real. It, it's not there. It's not real. And the thing is like, and I always make sure I was intentional when I'm like I'm no like like I said I have uncles and families and stuff that's um that's born and raised there. So when they live in the state, I'm always I was like I said growing up, I pick their brain. I watch how the process that they take to like, like the chicken, 
it's not like you just put the seasoning on, then boom, it's Jamaican jerk, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. They, they, they sell bottles that say Jamaican jerk seasoning and every person and then, thinks they just sprinkle that over something and they're done, and right? They're done, that's, and that's it. And no. the thing is, you know, if, whatever culture you do, you're making there for, you got to make sure you know about it and how it's right. Because especially in the U.S., it's such a big melting pot. And that's the big thing about And I love it because there's so many ethnicity, you know, like Herb, I tried some of his Philippine food and I just seen his process, how he do it. <laughs> If I go try somebody else doing Filipino food and like, oh, bro, it's not like that. But like, as far as like people that do that, it's not, you know, it's not right because you want to make sure like it represent the country that you're doing. So in case somebody goes there to Jamaica, like, oh, mm-hmm. I thought this was jerk chicken. This one, you know, it's too, you know, like you want to make sure you keep it right in the same thing. And I think with me, I try to like take the, it's a process, man. I marinate mm-hmm. the chicken like twice. I do my wet rub. I get fresh ingredient, you know, lots, lots of times ginger, you know, like, and I try to use scotch bonnet. If there's no scotch bonnet, I use habanero, I mean, habanero, you know, peppers and stuff like that. So it's like eight different herbs and spices that go into the wet rub. And uh, you got to put that in there. And then also, you know, you do the dry rub as well. It's a mix of allspice, pimento, you know. So it's so much that go into it. That it's not just, hey, let's sprinkle garlic, pepper, and call it Jamaican jerk. <laughs> so, <laughs> But um, yeah, I think just knowing, like you know, growing up in growing up and seeing them do it, you know, like that's one thing I'm kind of I'm appreciative of growing up, you know, because I grew up in a mix of culture, you know. And the thing is, they both, in a sense, kind of got the same food line, but it, when you go in, like deeper into it, it's so different, you know. A lot even today's day, some people don't like it's is is it all the same? No, it's not all the same. It's you know, <laughs> it's different. You had another question, nice. David. I don't know if I answer all of it, but well, uh, I think the question is like, like you know, like you kind of describe, like, so how you say you, you know, your food has a lot of flavor. Like, um, is there any like, specific recipes that are like tend to to be more Liberian or more Jamaican or? Oh yeah, like, is there like dishes that you make? They're like, you know what? I'm just gonna do a, like Liberian dish so people can experience that in itself in a Jamaican dish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the business, a lot of people tends to go towards more of the Jamaican food just because they, I mean, a lot of people go there for vacation. Mm-hmm. But um, like the Liberian, like the jollof rice, you know, obviously mm. jollof rice in, in the Africa is a continent. So in the westernmost part, every country compete to see who has the best jollof rice. <laughs> so yeah. It's like a, like yeah. a full on battle, man. People be fighting for, oh, we got the best. <laughs> but, um, and I know when I make it for people in Des Moines, you know, I try to be... Mm-hmm. I, I don't make it like, I try to, as far as the seasoning and spices, you know, I don't just use salt, pepper. I use flavor seasoning, chicken flavor, mm-hmm. bouillon. But um, I try, I don't put, like if I make it at home, it's like you put chicken, shrimp, fish, you put all of that in it. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people don't like, some people I don't like meat, whatever. So I try to keep it like a vegetarian way. So that way it could be like a side, mm-hmm. you know? And as, the, as on the Jamaican side, you know, we got the jerk chicken, the rice and peas, you know, and, um, Jerk pork, so all the jerk, you know, all the jerk menu is pretty much Jamaican, you know, and um, it's a little spicy. It got a kick to it, so I, sometimes I try to reduce the spice down, but not too much to not like take that authenticity out of it. You know, I want to make sure they still enjoy, but at the same time, they're not burning up, you know. And so a lot of people in the state, their heat tolerance is not up there, so I try to slowly right, introduce right. it to them. Right. I do the hot sauce that's really hot, so they can dip it in there if they want to get the full experience. 
that hot sauce is really good. I can I can attest to that. I love that hot sauce, and I hold on to every last drop of it in that little like container that you. I remember. Have there. I remember when you first had it, man. Sorry, I was like, I was like, oh man. I'm, some people are like, some people try it and they're like, oh man, it's burning up, but it's so good, I can't stop. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Like, I mean, I, I, I love hot sauce. I love hot things, but my body does not. And so I'm always like sweating and like, but it's great. I love it. It's that's I mean, and, and that's honestly like one of the best hot sauces I've had in a really long time. And it just has so much flavor and good heat and it, they don't fight each other. They work together. and It's 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 a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. I appreciate that, man. The thing is, it's, it's a process, man. Cause the thing, that's why it's so important for the schedule because everything is from scratch, man. Like, mm-hmm. don't go to the store and just get it all pre-made. Everything from mm-hmm. patties. It's a whole, just for that one Saturday, it's just a three-day process making the sauces. So nothing is like, and I try to just keep it authentic to both culture, you know? So like, if mm-hmm. Jamaican came fresh out of the island to Des Moines, he was like, this is, oh my God, this is, you know, we have, that's what I, that's what I try to, I'm so proud, I'm proud of because well, I really know when we had, um, like, especially with my uncle, I'm so competitive. I used to send, like, I, I sent him something. He's like, oh, man, it's not better than mine. You know, it's a competition. <laughs> so one day he's like, yeah, you got it now. But he's like, I had some guys that came from New York, you know, and New York is Jamaican capital, you know. So he flew through, like, last year. He tried. He was like, oh, man, this just tastes like home, you know. And that's what I <laughs> aim for. Not, you know, because when you try, I want to make sure you, it's like you in Jamaica or in Liberia, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there any dishes nice. that you you would like to just like any librarian or Jamaican dishes that you kind of want to, but you think about how it will be received? Like you're like, I really oh, want to try this, but I'm not sure if like people will buy it or how how much it will well, sell. Like are there any specific <laughs> like I, like oxtails, right? Like oxtails usually people from other countries like. I- I mean, this um, chicken feet, man. I don't know a lot. I, I don't know. A lot, people, people are scared of chicken feet in the state, man. But man, chicken feet stew. <laughs> both culture has both culture make their variation. That's that's why it's so easy to kind of fuse the two culture together. You know, because mm-hmm. like, like I said, when the country, the country of Jamaica is just a mixture of different variation and mm-hmm. after being part of it. So most of like like chicken feet stew, both of them has their version of it, and it's so good. And it's also a spice. So, but I feel like. I'm not gonna put that on the menu here because when somebody see chicken feet on, they're gonna be like, "We're not gonna get no sales from that." So that's something I would. I mean, if somebody has adventurous, I'll make that for them. You know, mm. and especially in the cold, like the fall when it's nice and um, when it's cold and stuff like that, man. You get some chicken feet stew, man. It's a wrap. Do you like chicken feet, Doug? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not in love with it. I've tried it a number of dim sum places, and I think we tried it, David. Both you and I tried it over at uh, Heavenly over in. Um, uh, Valley Junction, and those were pretty good, actually. Yeah, that was one of the um, glazed, glazed, like same thing they yeah, do with that, the, pig, yeah. the pig's feet. Yeah, I mean there are, there are a couple places. There's there's a dim sum place here in Des Moines that that serves uh, chicken feet, and then Heavenly does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there are a couple places, so maybe it's not too far off. Mm-hmm. There's also you know a kid's salt fish. You know, it's like uh, I eat the fruit. You know, it's a Jamaican dish, and it's more food geared towards the breakfast. I would like to a lot of um, if you go to like the state, like a lot of a lot of the full-grown um, Jamaican restaurant, like in New York and stuff, serve that. Obviously, the population is more, so that's it's like a breakfast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's served with like dumplings and stuff like that. I would like to slowly kind of introduce people to that in the, in Des Moines, in Central Iowa, but also, and it's another um, a, a Liberian dish called acheke. It's like a fried fish, and it's used like um, 
couscous kind of on a bread on a in a layer on the bread of couscous and like it has like a veggie melody. It's so like it's like the whole fish, yo. Like the whole that thing sounds good. Oh, man. flavor. You got the <laughs> eyes in there. So I feel like when people and people <laughs> in the state are so visual, you know, when they see that eye, they're gonna like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want that, but I feel you know, like some other actually, I think you can do that's that. how I know it's good, but like, but yeah, we're different. We're not, we're not. <laughs> I think, I think you can serve yeah. that. I've, I've been to restaurants that do have that. Like a lot of Mexican yeah. restaurants, they do the, yeah. the whole fried yeah. fish. Um, yeah, I definitely, I think you can, you can, I would be open to trying your chicken feet like stew. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love it. it. Like, that's just me. I feel like it would be, when I, if it, I mean, that's something like I gotta, like, I gotta, you know, uh, a mid list of menus that I would like to, you know, if if the if the ultimate goal is to get to a brick and mortar that I would have mm-hmm. to introduce to people, especially in the, like when like I said, once it's cold, you know, that's you want something a little spicy, you you know, that would kind of just warm you up a little bit. So maybe you can do you could you could do a pop up where you do a little bit of pre orders to see how many people would and call it like a like a, a trip to Jamaica <laughs> or a trip to Liberia. <laughs> And then you just I'm talk not. about like, hey, this is a good fall winter. It's gonna heat you up. Uh, you can. <laughs> it's gonna have some a little bit of a chicken fit feet stew. And if you just want the broth and you don't want that, you just get the broth. And those who who want the chicken feet to to get a, a real taste, right? Like of the experience while you're at home, while you're in, during COVID, take a vacation I'm at not. the house. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna think about that, man. But the way that people love the the yams and that jerk, I don't think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna change their mind. They're gonna like, oh, that looks good. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, slowly, slowly. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I think there are there are definitely diners in Des Moines that would be up for it. It's just a matter of you know getting them to congregate around something like that. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that's cool. Uh, so. Um, you know, we've been talking about, you know, Jamaican food and Liberian food uh, and, and palms. And I, I want to, you know, kind of go back in history a little bit more and kind of get back to, you know, you said that, you know, you always kind of grew up cooking. You've always been into food. You've, you know, I I want to hear, like, what was it like growing up and, and how did you, you know, what was that process like getting into food, getting into cooking? When did that start? How young were you? Well, shoot, man. Um, like my... um. I so I grew up with my on my dad. My mom, my, my mom, and my dad was never married, so they they was they separated at a young age. And like I said, we came in when I was four. So I lived with my dad for in 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 the morning for like from like four to about six. And I went and live with my auntie. And my auntie was actually she um married a Jamaican. So in that dynamic, there was and both like to cook. There was nothing like when I got out of school, there was, I mean, it's more like everything scratch, made from scratch. So I have to sit there and be hungry and smell it. And then get, you know, so I get to sit, I sat there and watch the process, you know, and then when I finally, when I came back to my dad, it's the same, both parts, it's the same part, you know, like everything is made. When you come home, they have to, it's a whole preparation. So you sit there and you watch it mm. being made. You, as a kid, you have no choice to kind of, you know, adopt to that, pick that up, you know? So that's how I came to, picked up cooking, you know, just sitting and watching my family. And I'm the oldest of like six. So I had a lot of, a lot of responsibility. So when I used mm-hmm. to get home, I had to like prepare a meal for my little brothers, you know, and oh. my dad would be at work. My mom would kind of, my stepmom would be at work. So I will um, prep meal for them. And I just, from there, I just picked it up. It became natural, you know, in a sense. And like started experimenting with different stuff and also just trying, you know, different stuff. So. That's awesome. So wait, did you, you know, I mean, David and I, we've, we've kind of talked about our experience growing up and how, you know, there was a period of our lives when we were kids, when we like definitely rejected the food of our parents because 
you know, uh, because like you couldn't bring that to school without people making fun of you or, or, or just like, it just wasn't on TV, you know, like, uh, like we wanted Lunchables, we wanted <laughs> snack packs, wanted we wanted thing. like, yeah, yeah, we wanted Burger King and McDonald's. We wanted all those things that were like for kids that came with kids toys. And I don't know, did you ever go, th- go through anything like that when you were growing up? Oh, absolutely, man. I, I don't think, I think I, absolutely, man. I went through that. Like you wanted to think, man, like with the, the thing about, like I say, everything's made from scratch and cooking. Like, if you live in a small house, your whole clothes is going to smell like whatever your family cooks. That's true. I will, I will yeah. go to the school with deodorant spray and I will still smell like freaking rice, you know, like whatever, <laughs> whatever school they make. So I hated that part, man. Like, I will wash my clothes twice, but like, you know, and I and I, and I I learned to, I like, it's, it's, there was never a part I didn't reject my Liberian culture, man. Like, I love the food. I love the culture, you know. And even like the culture that I pick up with my uncle and stuff, I love his culture too. Just listen to his story and their story. I, and the thing is, me being here at such a young age, so I never got a full get the experience of you know mm-hmm. living there. But like mm-hmm. being with them and just hearing their story and stuff like that, just make you appreciative of it, man. You know, and that's something you cannot deny. You know, or we try to. Hi, you know. So, I mean, you obviously learned to cook, you know, from from your dad and then also your uncle and your aunt, uh, and a lot of influence from there. But you said that you also you were the oldest. You kind of had to take care of everyone else. Does does do all your siblings also cook? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like the oldest child. You kind of just get put into that, and you have to learn. The other one, they get some slack, so they get lazy and they don't pick up. Yeah. Now, my other siblings do not like to cook, but um, they we all we all grew up. Uh, I mean, I, I I think I was, me being older, I was able to learn this cooking, but we all grew up being athletes and stuff like that. So they pick up that part. They're all athletes, mm-hmm. like every one of my brothers that really get at sports. So, What sports did, did you play? I did track and football, and I got a scholarship for track at Iowa State. Hmm. Sprint. Nice. Long distance or sp- sprinter? Sprint, okay. sprint. Oh, yeah. Long distance is this, not for me. <laughs> what did you eat as an athlete? Like, was nutrition a thing? Do you... And that's a good question because, um, I like, like, the the thing about my culture and stuff like that, and the food of both, it's not the best when you're an athlete. So it's a lot of grease, a lot of like you know spices. So it's you know, you don't you, when you train your body, like you have, you don't want to be in the bathroom all the time. So I had to like learn when I went to college when I was like in season. I had to learn to kind of like not eat some of those food <laughs> just because you know. I want to, you know, I want to eat healthy, like healthy meals. So there was, a, I had a fast from it and stuff like that. So like some of the stuff I used to eat, like, you know, a lot of baked chicken, you know, mm-hmm. like even at Iowa State, they had a, we go to the cafeteria, they had a whole, um, they had a meat, they had like, the cafeteria, they had food available for athletes and stuff. So I ate that. And then my, my follow-up question is like, is there different things that you do in your cooking or have you thought about to create like a, a healthier version for like athletes or even even for yourself? I mean, the thing about that, like if, if like, the, the Liberian side, there's a lot of the grease, like the stew and stuff like this. So I mean, mm-hmm. if I could do it without the grease and stuff like that, like the rice is whole, like the rice is green. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rice is good and stuff like that. Like the achake I'll tell you about, even like there's another dish called fufu soup. It's like a, they use like a, it's a fufu soup. It's like a, so plantain, you guys ever seen how plantain, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. They could, they, the, the fast and cheap way is like they have the plantain box, the cheap one, whatever. But the authentic way, you smash up plantain in this bowl until it get like gooey-ish and then you make a stew. So it's like a, it's like pho in a sense. Okay. So it's like the African mm. version of pho and it's so good, man. Like the broth, it's so, 
delicious. And you could, and you could, try some, this. And you could throw some chicken feet in there too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that could be healthy, man. If you do, a, if you try not to put too much spice in there, man, just I think manage the spice and stuff like that. But as far as everything else, I feel like it's healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not a lot of fat people like in those countries. <laughs> I thought that I know of because the food is so it's such a lame meal, like the rice, the chicken, everything. It doesn't really, you know, it's just the spice that would get you, man, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure it's also like the quality of ingredients, right? Like you're everyone's cultivating it kind of like yep. more more homegrown and and that does a lot. Oh yeah, it does a lot, man. Everything is like there's there's nothing that's going to like manufacture out of out of factory. Everything is fresh. You know, mm-hmm. when you start using those fresh ingredients, you know, I feel like, you know, that's in a sense in a healthy way, you know, it's healthy for you, you know, like that's when, like, when I go get my, like my thymes and all my stuff, my ginger, I try to, like hive sometimes I go there, but I'm, I try to connect with like local farmers that grow their own and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, and I wish I could have a farmer that could grow some scotch bonnet for me, man. That would save a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about growing your own stuff? Man, no, like, <laughs> just, just, I can barely imagine what I got going on, but that's something I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to tap into that area at all, man. I feel like chilies are actually like pretty hardy. I mean, I ended up, I just grew like, uh, like jalapenos this year in like containers and they ended up just like, even after the cold snap that we had, they were still like producing and they only just now stopped and I was able to pick off the last few, but uh, jalapenos work really well. I know that my mom grows like Thai birdside chilies and just like baskets of them. She ends up with them. They just proliferate so much. I don't know how Scotch bonnets would do here, but um, I, I, that's what I'm trying to figure. Man, this the, the full season would mess it up. And you know, it's like a sweet, it's like a sweet heat too in that pepper. You know, so it's like yeah. And I'm not a scientist of growing stuff, so I don't know how that how they do it. I don't know how you do it, man. Is it like you do like mm. a, how do you do it? You do it in your in your backyard or something like that. Yeah, I've I've got some just some planters on the patio, and and somehow they were. I'm not saying that they're good, mm. um, <laughs> but but they're you know they are what they are. Um, yeah, I think I think well, like when you yeah. grow chilies, I think having them planters is a big thing. I think a lot of people yeah. plant them on the ground, and especially if you're like here in the Midwest, you have the four seasons. It's going to ruin them. And what a lot of people yeah. don't understand, like my parents grow peppers, they have them in planters. Like our entire fort, front porch is peppers, different kinds Jeez. of peppers, and what they do is like. When the fall starts going, they they put them like they pull them inside, and mm-hmm. they've had them for over, definitely over twelve years. I'm like you know, they they purchase them, they plant them, and stuff like that. That just that takes I, man, you gotta that takes a lot of work. Like, yeah, I love that. I, wow. I always feel like when I when I you know when we had the farmers market, I could always tell the difference between like uh, the chilies or or even like the ginger that I would get there from from like the actual farmers who were out there versus anything I would get at the grocery store. For some reason, the chilies are always hotter. The ginger is always like, mm-hmm. it, it's stronger. Oh, yeah. And it's, and when and when I grew my own chilies and grew like some of my own stuff, it was also really like a lot stronger. And I, I feel like some of that stuff is just, at, you know, when you grow it yourself, it's somehow like, it's a little bit off of like what the standard grocery store will accept. Yeah, so. but I mean, the grocery store, we're like living in the Midwest, they have to pull things yeah. before they ripen. Right. Like the farmer's market, man, speaking of um, of the farmer market, Doug, like that, like you talk about just going there getting like produce and stuff from there, like, and it's mm. fresh. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. man, we used to, I used to take a bowl of chicken and try to trade some farmers and like, yo, let me get some of that. <laughs> 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 that's, how I, that's how I met my connect, man, you know, and I have several people do that. And that's one thing about 
Des Moines Farmers Market, man. I love it so much. And I'm glad we kind of started there because you get to meet so many people and so many mm-hmm. different cultures. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, that's one good thing Des Moines has, you know, going. And it kind of sucked that we you know COVID kind of just messed that up a little bit. But hopefully when we get back, when it, everything's kind of settled, you know, it's get back to full blown. Can we talk about the the Mickle Center? Because, um, you know, uh, having been a, a pretty steady customer at the Mickle Center of the, a number of the ghost kitchens or virtual restaurants or what have you there, I've seen you helping out. Like, it's not just you doing your own thing there. I see you helping out Irvin. I see you helping out Savid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you're this common connect between a lot of the people there that you're always willing to, to give your time uh, for people like that. Uh, can you tell me about that, what that environment is like and what that community is like? Oh, the Mickle, man, the Mickle Center is uh, like when we, I think I was one of the few men when it first started, like three years ago, she they started, it started getting people in here and Irv. But like it just started growing, and I think the people that come in here, man, they just with different, very different cultural background. They all come here with a common purpose, just trying to share with people in Iowa with their, a little bit of their culture. So it's like, and everybody's nice, man. You know, you have to be nice because you know if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to share something with everybody, you want to make sure you are nice about it. And the Mickelson, the kitchen manager, Mary, she's super awesome. She helps everybody. She knows her stuff. She knows her ingredients. She knows everything that you need help with. And like, she always try to like make sure when, you know, people are willing to help each other out, you know, and me being here the longest, you know, whenever it's just a new person here, she always reach out to me like, Hey, this is new business. You want to, I'm like, if I have the time, I would definitely do it. And I, and most of the time I try to, I do have, I, I've set time for that because at the end of the day, I want them to be successful, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, and when I need help, the thing is, you know, you say, you see me, but you know, when I need help, they're always coming back me up too. So it's a beautiful thing as we are learning to do business and have support, you know, a little support system here. What have you learned from helping other, other like chefs? I learned that I'm not the only one that's crazy when it's time of the, the time of event, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like as, as calm as I try to be, sometimes you just in, in the industry, food industry, you just flip stuff when something doesn't go the right way or you burn $300 worth of oxtail. So, <laughs> but um, I learned I'm not the only one and just the pace is different from everybody. And just people just seeing, I'm a system guy, man. And see how everybody has their system. Mm-hmm. Like I try to, when I'm up in them, I don't try to like, feel like, Hey, this worked for me. It's worked for you now, nah, man. You just tell me what I need to be. This is your show, not mine. And if you want my input, I could do that. And I also learn from them too. Like if I see something that works for them, Oh, I'm gonna try to, implement that in mind you know it's like learn as you go man because obviously i don't have like i didn't go to culinary school so you're just learning with this business one thing i try to do i learn as i go and learn mm-hmm. a lot. i'm always willing to learn read stuff so that's what i see from other businesses and just their culture of their food how it's prepared as much as i say like jamaican liberian food is the same if you look at it too some other like in a war you know it's, we, food is kind of it's like a pipeline it's kind of in the sense still connect. Like Irv's talking mm-hmm. about his plantain. I thought we was the only one, Jamaican and Africans, the only one that eat plantain, but he has he wraps it up in different ways. So it just it's a beautiful thing to see that, you know, this the type of they the ingredients they, that we use and how they use it in their way to kind of make their food, you know. Yeah, so I I, I want to talk about palms again, and you know we kind of dug into the past on on where that came from and, and how it's going right now, especially you know you you know surviving and thriving you know through COVID. You know, what do you sort of see as the future of Palms Caribbean? 
What would you like to see happen in a couple of years? You know, three when we started Rooster, the goal is to kind of like just you know get a like I always thought I always wanted to get like a restaurant, but I was like, eh, I was too focused on track. But as I got set into Des Moines, when we started Roots, I wanted to get a food truck and then see where that go. You know, and just kind of with the biggest thing, I'm always like taking calculated risks, man. You know, I know with food, that's different. That's not the norm in Iowa. You cannot just have the full faith and just go open a brick and mortar because I, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so mm-hmm. as I've been doing this, you know, and I think with the positive thing that came out of this COVID and, and um pre-orders and stuff like this ghost restaurant, I kind of got that full hand-on hand experience of how I would actually look in a restaurant, you know? Mm. that's At the end of the day, that's my goal. That's what I want to push. You know, I want to get a brick and mortar that will kind of, you know, like for palms and stuff like that down the road. So, but timeline-wise, I'm not sure, man. I just want to continue to learn, continue to introduce more people, continue to just get more following, get bigger, and just work on my work on the crab, make sure every time we do a pop-up, the food is consistent, you know, and that's something I strive for, man. So like you said, you the future is just, I mean, it's to break a mortar, but not nine anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like you, you said that you're, you know, that you didn't go to culinary school, but I feel like you've been, you've been in culinary school since we were six, you know, helping in your aunt, aunt's uh, <laughs> kitchen. So True, that's, that's some respect, man. You don't, you know, experience is experience, no matter how you look at it. Right. And that's, that's absolutely true, man. And I always tell people like, um, like, like you said that we like, just cause I didn't go to the schooling doesn't mean I don't know. Like, you know, we all growing up in like from, from a different country and you around your family, they cook, that's culinary school, right? That you yeah. learning, you know, different way, just cause it's not the, in the books, but the good thing about the books, you get to learn like the terminology and stuff. And that's when mm-hmm. I try to pick up some books and stuff and read and learn the terminology. So I don't, I mean, just cause I'm saying it for myself, I want to make sure I'm able to, communicate how to other people like how i make my dish you know in a sense and um i try not to like a lot of people like oh man you a chef i try not to take that chef thing to my because i feel like chef is like this is like when you go to become a doctor you earn it yeah. you, go to school, <laughs> you know i'm a cook so i'm a i want to be a really good cook and uh, i'm not a chef because it's a earn it's a earned name man you know like it's just like a doctor you have to earn it so i'm a good cook that i like to cook i'm a passionate about cooking and just want to share with people so like kind of like the restaurant like question is when when do you think you earn the, your title the chef? I mean like I guess this my thinking like I know I didn't go to um I guess that's for the people to say people say he's a chef I'll take I'm glad I'm not a chef but I'm not gonna hey I'm the chef I want to be like I mean I want to be a restaurant owner cook you know mm-hmm. like restaurant owner like palm when somebody see palms and that one thing too, I don't know if you, if you dug, if you see the Facebook, I'm not, I don't put like a lot of my meat. It's all about the food. I, I want people to enjoy the food for the food. Mm-hmm. And then they'll actually get to know me and my story as we go forward. But like, I want them to kind of just enjoy the food, you know? So when people call me chef, that's fine. But I don't think, I, like I say, I'm sticking to like, you have to earn it through a way, you know, years. And like, this is my, my, first, my only experience is through my family and this. You know, I've mm-hmm. never been to like, even a restaurant restaurant industry, I've not worked underneath for like a real chef to kind of, you know, earn that. And like the only one I, the only experience I got to, I worked in a KFC Taco Bell, like in different fast food restaurants my whole life. That's how I learned how to like manage different stuff. But mm. as far as that chef title, man, I don't, I really don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So wait, you, you worked fast, you worked the line at fast food restaurants? Oh yeah, bro. My first job was a KFC Taco Bell. Wait, so you had to, I, I guess I never realized you said it's a KFC Taco Bell. So wait, you had to work both sides of that? 
So this this there was I mean, the one the one on Hubble. I don't know. Are you familiar with Des Moines? I think <laughs> the one on Hubble over there by the state fairground. It was a KFC and a Taco Bell combined. I think they still have yeah. it. So I've seen this. I just assumed they had like separate staffs. I didn't realize they had like the same. No, staff it's the on same there. staff. You ever, you, have you oh have you God. walked into staff, a dog? You gotta learn how. To- I think, oh, I've never I, it's just honestly something that I've never thought of like I, I think I've ordered a couple of those like you know while I'm on the road you know like traveling but like no. I actually never thought oh, about that like oh yeah it's the same staff back there it, it, I've never fa- went inside it's fast food so they're not gonna have like uh like the like the pastry department or the chef department <laughs> <laughs> they, they're just one is one thing so um you have to learn and it's pretty small and everything is like a system so it's pretty easy and you learn and the funny thing is when i used to work there man i'm such a because I, I i love cooking man. i just love experiment stuff experimenting with stuff like i used to like experiment with the chicken and the taco and stuff and try to make a dish because <laughs> i guess sometimes <laughs> you just plain chicken I'm, I'm gonna make like a something different like a chicken taco um burrito bowl or something like that yeah but you got your own secret menu over there, huh? Oh yeah. Is there is there is there like a, a thing that you created there while yeah. working there that you like really enjoy and kind of miss, or something that you you made and you're like, oh, this is pretty freaking good. So I always used to joke with people, and that's, that's not true. I'm like, I kind of invented that famous bowl before. You guys ever had a famous bowl? <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> I feel like I, man, that thing didn't come out till like 2007, and I was making that thing at like 2005, bro. I, I should have like took credit for that but you know what it's all good <laughs> but they probably caught they were watching the cameras they, they copied you the camera, <laughs> and that thing is so unhealthy man you eat that thing you have to like not eat for two days <laughs> so, <laughs> oh that's awesome but i used to like take, awesome. i used to take like the biscuit and flatten it out or like i take the biscuit because it's they, they bake it and i deep fry it in the the the, <laughs> the, the burrito thing the, the 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 chalupa fryer the deep fryer mm-hmm. and i like make like a biscuit taco it was pretty dope man and i cook <laughs> i'm just I, I used to try a bunch of stuff but you learn like i learned with from kfc i learned that too for what helped me out with palm i learned like just the just system like and i took it like they had a very with the system of the chicken like the putting the chicken chicken in the cooler walking cooler like the seasoning make sure you get the best flavor and just you learn a lot from there and I learned a few things from there. That's nice. Yeah. That's good to hear. I've never thought about that, but yeah, but like, yeah, if there's anything you would take from, from, from fast food, it would be like, I mean, they have excellent systems that are, yeah. The turnover rate is high because you could teach a 14 year old, but it's so the system is just, is they got a good system of fast food. And that's why you got to think about this. They taking food in and out. Like, you know, they're serving a lot of customers. I think they were doing like, I mean, I, I used to like be curious about that. Yeah, I want to I want to take things home um, uh, for a minute. And uh, a, a lot of what David and I have been talking about since we 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 also started our podcast during <laughs> during COVID. Um, but we've 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 had a lot of conversations with people on how our cooking has changed because of COVID. And I, I kind of wanted to put that question to you. Like, you know, what do you what do you cook at home? And, and how do you feel like that's that's different now? Um, I think at home, um, what's, I think like now, man, like we obviously people don't go out that much. So what, what changed at home? Like, I mean, being a cook, I always try, I'm always trying different stuff too at home, like with the menu to try to see, Hey, let my wife try it. Does this taste good? And then when she, when she approved it, I go to my friend. So just, um, I guess since I don't go, we don't go to the store like that that much. 
So I'm always mm-hmm. I'm always learning to make stuff at home what we what, what we have, you know. Right. And I try to create a dish with what we have without leaving the house, you know, with all this COVID stuff. Especially at the time too, when think we had a shortage of stuff. Like you yeah, know, it was like trying to make a dish. It was kind of impossible. You make you learn to like add something to it and like mess with different stuff. So I guess that I don't know if that answers your question, but. I guess you learn to make stuff with what you have at home. So what's like a, what's like a typical, like you get home late from work, you've got to fix something pretty quick, don't have time to grocery store. What ends up on the plate that night? Well, <laughs> this question is funny because I feel like as I'm thinking back, me and my wife had this conversation last week. I'm like, I'm tired of eating chicken. Why do we, we can eat chicken eight days straight. Like, can we do something else? <laughs> but to my, to my defense, um, my wife, she doesn't eat shrimp. She doesn't eat seafood. She doesn't eat pork. And maybe she eat beef. I'm like, so it's limited what we can, what I want to make something. <laughs> and then my son is like lactose. So like the dairy. So I'm like, when I make a, and she, her spice level is not to mine. She's um, mm. from Illinois. So um, she's African-American. So her spice level is not like up to mine. So when I make a dish like traditional for like what I grew up eating, I have to like kind of, like make it for her to be able to eat it or I have to do like mm-hmm. a dish for her. Like when I make something with dairy or like something with shrimp or fish, I try to, I, I'm like double cooking sometimes, but I try to do So the most simplest thing is chicken. We both could eat it. <laughs> and I've been sick chicken for eight days. <laughs> you know, like this is another question that we always ask, you know, when, when you consume food, usually when you, like you sit down to eat, you're always surrounded with, with those you love. Right. And right. not only are you consuming nutrients, but you're consuming memories. Like what, what are your most fond or favorite memories that you have around food? Like just because my family is so like, you know, growing up, it was, I would, my family was low dysfunctional. You know, I was not my dad with different kids and stuff like that. So it was not like, there was not a, there was, I think from like the younger age, there was not a, I think for like four or five years straight, I was at Thanksgiving at a different place for every year. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the good memories one of the year when I finally moved back in with my dad, you know, was it would have a, with, uh, with, the, with my siblings and dad and stepmom was having, was it would have an actual good Thanksgiving with everybody, you know, and like just being able to like, because most, and Thanksgiving it's not like, a, it's not something that's celebrated from like from both cultures. I mean, it's like American culture. Mm-hmm. So for, it's not, it was not, I don't think they like took it seriously until after a while. Like, oh, you know, this is after you're going to school, dad, we're going to do Thanksgiving, we're going to do a turkey. He's like, oh, okay, well, let's go follow the floor. What do we do? So, you know, <laughs> finally, to finally be able to have them put the picture of what Thanksgiving is and actually know you have to make this and come together. I think my earliest memory was like when I, my, in sixth grade, you know, we was able to invite some friends and like they was actually able to try some of the food from my family and yeah. And then another one, just like when we got married, my wife and I, and just able to had our first my when my, when my son was is born on the the week of Thanksgiving, so we're able to have family from both sides come over to celebrate his first Thanksgiving was one of my best memories, man. Because it's something with even though we both in the same, but we come from different background, mm-hmm. and to be able to come like, come together was amazing for me. And yeah, so then. Um I know you said that you started cooking with your with your auntie and your uncle in the kitchen at a very young age. Like, what's what's one of the your favorite memories from from that experience? I think just whenever she's cooking, she has um she's the smell, man. It's so like you you could and we used to live in an apartment too. You could smell that thing from like the first floor, man. <laughs> and when you walk, you know you know it was going down. It was cooking, but just um 
just um you know it was not like we grew up with like um, with a lot so um just as I look back and as I went to school and got a pretty comfortable life just looking back just like they didn't have I look back they didn't have much but they made a lot out of something man and just and that the thing it was life was simple they enjoy life and cooking and cooking was like you know you know it was like an art man it was not like Sometimes when you like when you get like in the relationship, it's like you have to force to cook or something like that. But like mm-hmm. if you do it with passion, it was not like oh man, I gotta cook again. It was more like she was happy to cook, man. Even my stepmom, they're happy to cook, and they don't just cook like little portion. They cook in big portions to feed you a week. So that's what like <laughs> when I cook, I'm like cooking large portion, and I have to learn that hey, you gotta <laughs> to keep food costs low. You gotta you can't be cooking that much. So. <laughs> But like just just cooking and just cooking for fun, man. It's, you know, and it's an outlet too. You know, and that's why I like to do it so much because as hectic as stuff used to be, I um when I'm cooking, man, I'm just in a different zone. I'm enjoying. I don't have to think about. It. I don't have to think. You know, you helping your aunts and your family such at such a young age just kind of expanded you to helping other cooks in the Mickle Center. I feel like that's just like it became like just your your natural behavior, just your instinct of like, boom, let me jump in. Absolutely, man. I think, and I, and I said that, I, I, probably that's why I'm, that's probably why, like you said, I'm so quick to help and jump in cause, because just helping with you as a, as a young age, when that, when they, even though they, it's not like it was intentionally they did it. I mean, it was in, unintentionally, but they just planted a seed mm-hmm. that kind of just grew up and I grew with it and that just became a part of me, you know? So like me working with kids, I always talk about, you know, the, some of the family, like you gotta, especially at the elementary level, you gotta plant good seed in your kids, man, because they're going to grow up. How they grow up is what they, are used to what you're teaching them. If you cussing and yelling at the house, guess what? They're going to grow up yelling and cussing. If you teach them respect to be helping out, you know, mm-hmm. and I also do to, and, um, and, um, I also try to tell them like you got to teach your kids plant the seeds so they have an internal motivation rather than external. I'm not going to help you cook mm-hmm. because you're going to pay me to cook. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to do it because, you know, I'm going to have it. And I think having that internal motivation will have that, will keep that fire lit. That's what, I, from, my, from my point of view, why it's like, I could talk to you guys about food all day, <laughs> it, because that fire is lit because it's an internal motivation. You know what I'm saying? I don't, like, I could not make no money from cooking, but guess what? I will cook all day. Like, I used to make food for potluck and I will have fun cooking and, you know, just to see people, oh my God, it's good. This is like, you know, just to see their face being happy. Like, it made me internally happy, you know? That's awesome. Um, I, I, I want to touch on one thing. I, I'm curious, how old is your son? And, uh, are you teaching him to cook? I, I do you feel like he's picking that up? Do you feel like you're planting that seed for him? Absolutely. Um, he's three, he's going to be four actually next week. So, um, when I'm at the house, he's always helping cooking. Um, he's like he got a little step stool. He come next to me. And then when I kitchen, <laughs> sometimes I do inventory, he come with me. So I'm, pl- I'm trying, I'm, I'm, yeah, I want to follow that blueprint that I, that, that I feel like that kind of helped me out too. Either, even if he doesn't go into cooking, like I feel like hard work is just a blueprint. It will help me help him to find something he likes. So I have him help me cook in there. It's not like I force him to. When he come along, he joins. Hey, what's this, Dad? So I kind of ex- I have to explain to him. Got his little cooking set, you know, in the house. So just you know, <laughs> help whenever he wants to join on his own. <laughs> and most of the time, he's such a hungry kid. He's always in there with me, next to me. <laughs> Starting it young, man. He's gonna start All liking right. spicy food. He's gonna get sort of build build that build that tolerance. like it more than his mom. <laughs> no. And the funny thing is, I, it sounds bad, but um, he always wanted to try something, right? So one time, I put like 
I was making something with lemon juice, like fresh lemon. It's like, dad, that's so all. I like, squeeze the lemon out. Like, he thought it was orange, right? So he took the lemon and like licked it in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can't just be trying to try everything, man. You gotta, you know. Uh, there is one kind of technical question that I want to ask, just because I, I, have, I have no like real knowledge of this. But you mentioned that like one of the things you look forward to for the holidays is ginger juice. Mm. Can you tell me more about what that is? Like, I mean, I know ginger beer, I know ginger ale. What is ginger juice? So ginger juice, man. You just you get in the process. I'm just gonna explain the process. You get yeah. fresh ginger, you peel it and put it in a blender and put water with a little bit of lemon, okay? Blend it up, like puree it, and then put it in a big pot, cook it on high, and then you can add your sugar in there, a little bit of sugar, and like you can add a little bit of um, um, vanilla, just a little bit, but I don't do vanilla, but like just lemon and ginger and water. Mm-hmm. And it's like once it's get hot enough, I strain it out with a strainer, and then you got that fresh juice, and it's so... For health, it's healthy for us. It's, it's so healthy for you, man. It like, I remember when I used to get sick, like mm-hmm. my stepmom, and auntie, they're not going to give me no um, Adderall. I mean, you know, like vitamins and that like that. They're going to give me a ginger <laughs> juice. It solved every problem. You got a headache, ginger juice. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> you stress out, ginger juice. But like, I mean, I so I got to believe in that ginger juice is the magic um, medicine for everything. And Mm. Even to my in the like even with my own family, whenever my wife is not feeling well, I, I make a fresh batch of ginger juice. You know, like especially in the cold, I try to make it like twice a week, and it goes fast. You know, so I'm gonna have to try this. I'm gonna have to try and make my own. I'm gonna look this yeah, up now. Same okay, here. this is fascinating. I, you, I might make you some, man. I mean, I, I, I might yeah, have, have you try it, but it's so good for you, man. <laughs> like it is. Yeah, don't put too much sugar. Like it's and it's and if you got a um, heat tolerant man for it, just. Mm-hmm. The put more water. I mean, if, if yeah. heat tolerance, like if like the, the more water you do, the less the heat go away. You know, you dilute it a little bit. Right. So, but um, it's good for you. Like it's really, I don't know. Maybe it's not, but I know it's good for you. Like, at least that's what I grew up on. <laughs> If you're in the Des Moines area and you want to try out Amara's food, you can find the dates to his pop-ups on his Instagram. That's at Palms Caribbean DSM. And uh, you can also get your pre-orders in on his website at www.palmscaribbeandsm.com. And we want to give a thanks to Bo Brenton for our music. You can find him on social media at Bo Brenton. That's B-E-A-U-B-R-E. N-T-O-N. You can find us at We Are Beyond Hungry on Instagram and Facebook, where you can DM us questions or comments. And you can also send us an email over at wearebeyondhungry at gmail.com. And please reach out and let us know what you've liked, what you haven't, and what you'd like to hear us talk about. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or however you rate podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.